The following is a conversation between Amit Bhuri, co-founder and CEO of the Global Impact Investing Network, and Denver Frederick, the host of The Business of Giving. The mission of the Global Impact Investing Network, commonly known as the GIN, is to increase the scale and effectiveness of impact investments and in so doing, drive more private investment capital to address social and environmental problems. There are many who are now looking to this community to play a central role in addressing the unimaginable challenges that have been posed by the COVID-19 crisis. And here to discuss all of that, it's a pleasure to have with us Amit Bori, the co-founder and CEO of The Gin. Welcome back to the Business of Gimme, Amit. Denver, thank you so much for having me at this important time. You know, you have over 30,000 people and probably now more than 300 organizations in your network. I know you keep in very close touch with many of them. What are you hearing, Amit? And is it what you're hearing now different than it was a month or so ago? I think right now it's an incredibly dynamic time in the world. Uh, And of course, this pandemic is taking shape in different ways in different parts of the world. And so what it looks like in the U.S. right now is different than in India or Sub-Saharan Africa and many parts of Europe for that matter. But one thing that's clear is that you know, impact investors are already trying to think about the role that they can play in helping to address the massive negative impacts of this crisis and also to drive a positive, inclusive, and sustainable recovery as we look ahead to building the next normal uh, version of the world. Mm-hmm. One thing that is very present, though, that is right now all investors, impact investors and, and others, are really trying to make sense of what's happening in the markets. And so there's an initial focus just on business continuity, taking stock of what the impact is on your portfolio, how to sustain the health and productivity of your team. So it's a real important thing to think about multiple horizons, yeah, responding yeah. to the crisis in the moment, but thinking about how do we build a much better system in the long term. In looking at the crisis in the moment, are impact investors actively involved in the emergency relief phase of this crisis, or are they looking a little bit more towards the recovery phase? Well, I think impact investors are incredibly active during this initial period of the crisis, but there are really two ways to think about it. I think one is the actual health crisis, and the other is the financial crisis and economic fallout that's resulting from it. When it comes to the health crisis itself, there are emerging opportunities where investment can play a role in helping to address the crisis and to help increase things like access to testing and healthcare. Now that is different in different parts of the world Mm -hmm. because the government and healthcare systems vary dramatically country by country. But there will be targeted ways in which impact investment can directly help with medical and health issues. Now when it comes to the financial crisis, that affects every impact investor. Because almost every country, every company, and every sector of society is affected um, by this crisis in one way or another. And so to help you know, impact companies really stay afloat and weather the storm and come out a strong way requires their investors to think differently about how to support them. Yeah, yeah. In addition to the health, are impact investors involved in the food space? Because that is becoming the next crisis that I'm seeing all over the news. Well, I'm so glad you asked that because I think one lesson that we're coming away from it from this crisis is that we need a much more holistic and comprehensive view of health. Mm-hmm. It's not just the healthcare system in terms of hospitals and doctor's offices, but it's also things like our food system, what nourishes us and sustains life as we know it, and also things like housing, safety and shelter, 
And so I think that impact investors are very active in food and agriculture. It's always one of the biggest sectors of investment, as is housing. Um, and access to healthcare, you know, really depends on the way that healthcare is provided in a country, but it's also a top area of interest for impact investors. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be thinking about this in a much more integrated way of how do we provide healthy ways of living for everyone, including our most vulnerable populations, which are hit the hardest by this crisis. Oh, that is for sure. And I did have somebody on the show a while ago, and they were just in Washington, and they were saying that, incredible as it may seem, Health and Human Services and the Department of Agriculture never speak to one another. They are siloed hmm. off. And you say to yourself, that can't be, because what you put into your body is probably where health begins in so many different ways, but they're almost in separate universes and spheres. And listening to what you're saying, hopefully that's going to be one of the benefits of this crisis, that they will get together and join together as one. You talked a moment ago about the resilience phase and how we're going to try to rebuild in a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive way. It sounds as if there's a new social contract perhaps coming from this. Speak a little bit more about that and the role that you think impact investors are going to play in that new social contract. I think one of the things that's really dynamic right now is just how we view the relationship between businesses, investors, and society and the planet. And one result of this crisis is that is in flux. Who we think about as essential to sustaining our society is changing rapidly. Yeah. And one thing you know, that is clear is that things that were less visible before are becoming highlighted now. And what I mean by that is that we've had health disparities and economic disparities, and we've always known that. But what we're now seeing is just the true impact of that and how it can actually be a life or death situation. So I do think coming out of this, we will have a shift in the way we think about the role of business in society and how we think about what a good company is and a good investment is. Um, now, impact investors play a really critical role in helping to shape that transition because over decades, um, we've honed a discipline of allocating money to do more than just make more money. And in particular, impact investors are trying to drive not only financial performance, but real positive impacts across things like quality employment, as well as the provision of basic needs, health, housing, food, and other services. And that will be absolutely critical to shaping the new economy uh, that we're going to be transitioning into. You know, you talked a moment ago about markets and you were talking about financial returns there. And in normal times, an impact investor might look at their rate of return and they either want a fully competitive rate or maybe they'll agree to a concessionary rate, understanding the social and environmental good their investment's going to be doing. But what do you do in a market like this when the price of oil the other day was just minus $37 a battle to even have a conversation about market returns? Well, it's such an incredibly volatile time right now. It's really hard to make sense of what yeah. normal is um, in, in this environment. But I think we've obviously seen recessions as part of the normal business cycle, and investors have been navigating that almost about once a decade, if you will. And, and obviously, we have a very unique type of financial crisis because it's stemmed by a pandemic. But I think as the dust settles on the immediate crisis and we start to settle into the economic recovery period, we will be factoring in market rates that look different than they did two years ago. Yeah. And I think what's one thing that's really important is that investors need to be thinking about the long term and how we build companies that are generating a high impact, delivering value across the long term, and also resilient to big shocks. Mm-hmm. 
Is there a concern from the people you've been talking to about the instability that could result in emerging markets from this pandemic? I mean, it is just beginning to hit the global south. And my concern is, is that those governments and those areas could be so unstable that it could discourage all investors, including impact investors in parts of the world that will desperately need investment capital. Has that been a point of conversation to date? I think there is a lot of concern about how do we you know, continue to drive the impact that will be needed in emerging markets all around the world. And one thing that will happen is that access to capital will be a big issue. And, and even very simple logistical things um, that are important to move capital, things like how do you do due diligence without mm-hmm. being able to connect with companies directly and with their management teams and really kind of kick the tires on, on their operations. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of interesting types of projects require technical expertise. So for example, renewable energy projects require experts yeah. who, depending on the market, may need to be flown in from a different city or even a different country. So one thing that we will have to adapt is how do we put capital to work in high impact companies to help address things like the climate crisis and inequality and drive a more sustainable recovery while dealing with some of these immense constraints on how we move and operate. In leading an organization, Amit, as well as helping to direct and guide a movement through a crisis, what characteristics, qualities have served you well and are critical for a leader in turbulent times? Well, I think one thing that is really important in this moment is to recognize to what does leadership mean. It's really a challenging time for leaders because you not only have to sustain your organization's operations in incredibly challenging times, you have to support the staff in dealing with an incredibly stressful situation, which often involves the basic health and safety of their families and communities. And you also have to think about how do you continue to respond to the needs in the short term, minute by minute as things are changing, but also think about the long game. For me, I think one thing that's been really important is that I have been through different types of financial crises before and have certainly learned about how you navigate those, but this one is different. Um, And I also, for me personally, I've been through some very challenging like losses myself, and that really helped me contend with grief and resilience in a way that I I find myself drawing upon those experiences now. That is really interesting. You've developed that muscle a little bit, and knowing that you've come out the other side of those difficult experiences gives you that confidence and optimism that you'll do the same here, I guess. That's absolutely right. And I think you have to manage this duality of being able to make really challenging decisions in incredibly uncertain times. You know, what was solid ground before feels like quicksand right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet you can't lose sight of the humanity of this moment. You have to have a clear head and an open heart. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in terms of the suffering that's happening all around us, uh, which is so potent, but also the human experience of every single person who works for you and works with you, because they're all going through incredibly challenging times, and it's happening on all fronts all at once. To that point, do you think the workplace environment is going to change in some fundamental way once we all come back to a semblance of normal as a result of this crisis? Uh, I do think it will. I think as we think about the kind of reopening of economies and think about increasing our movement and mobility, there will be a lot of interesting ways in which we have to accommodate whatever restrictions are in place. So we may not have big gatherings for a long time. And I don't know what 
you know, the comfort level will be with getting on a plane and going to a conference or going to meetings um, with folks in a different part of the country or the world. But I also think that we are, in many ways, this is bringing us together in yeah. different ways. And also we're figuring out different ways that we connect. And so I don't know what the next equilibrium will be for how we engage with one another, but I do hope it is much richer in terms of just being able to connect at a human level because we've all gone through such an incredibly challenging experience together. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bonding that goes on when that happens. Finally, Amit, how do you believe the impact investing space is currently viewed by investors and those seeking sustainable social change? And how do you hope it will be viewed two or three years from now as we're beginning to come out on the other side of this pandemic? Well, prior to this pandemic, I think impact investing was in an incredibly exciting trajectory. We were seeing booming interests all around the world on six continents. My recent trips include places like Brazil, Tokyo, Singapore, as well as Argentina and uh, many parts of Europe. And every place I went, I saw a ton of interest in impact investing from institutions as well as individuals. Um, I think that the imperative to think about impact is going to go up dramatically as a result of this crisis, because we are all going to be thinking about how do we get people back to work? How do we help support the most vulnerable populations? And how do we build more resilient systems that meet basic needs like food, shelter, healthcare? And the discipline that impact investors bring to that and the experience of investing in companies that have impact written into their DNA is going to be incredibly valuable to helping to shape this recovery. So my hope is three years from now, we can look back and say that impact investors played a very critical role and that we crowded in more investors to put impact front and center with how they allocate their capital. Speaking of center, you are right in the center of all this, Ahmed. Give us your website and uh, some of the information that you're currently featuring on it. Absolutely. So thank you. We're, our website is thegin.org, and that's T-H-E-G-I-I-N.org. Uh, -I -I uh, you can follow me at Twitter at, at Amit K. Bori. And on our website, you will see um, a wealth of information that is about impact investing from all around the world resources for how you can measure and manage your impact, and also a number of new materials and, and resources around the COVID response itself. Uh, so my hope is that it can help anyone who's trying to think about the positive impact that they can have with their money, actualize those intentions into real impact results. It is chock full. Ahmed, I want to let you how grateful I am for your taking a few moments to share this information and these insights with us today. Thanks so much for being here and stay well. Thank you, Denver. I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation.